0: Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Scott Podcast. And as always, I am joined by John James. John James, how are we, and did we have a good weekend? Uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm very
1: well. And I don't want to get into much
0: detail about my feelings on the weekend. <laughs> I, I can imagine so. So, we've got plenty to discuss on today's show Denny McKinnis to Rangers, um, that, the chaotic scenes at Tynecastle at the weekend, that Ryan Jack Red Card. Rangers beating Aberdeen yet again. Lots to discuss. But we're going to kick off the show by uh, by discussing the Hearts and Hamilton game from the weekend. Hearts drew one each with Hamilton at Tynecastle. Six games without a win for Hearts. It's, and, and yet again, not a great performance from Hearts. It's, it's
1: got to the point where Hearts, because they got a man sent off, you have to look at that game. Is, that's a point well earned for Hearts. Purely because... Hamilton's form going into the game, and that sending off did change the game.
0: It was a red card. It was a blatant red card. It, I thought no, it was, was so stupid. It,
1: it was a red card, and the, it, it's, the player he'd done it was obviously a youngster, so he's going to learn from it. But the, the, that said, that red card would normally not normally have an effect on a game against Hamilton because Hamilton are normally quite poor. Yeah, but Hamilton have been a, Hamilton have been on a decent run of form, and quite rightly their manager's got manager during the month, and quite rightly. One of
0: their players has got player of the month. Yeah, exactly. So. I know. And David Templeton, we've been saying it for a lot, like throughout the last month or so. Templeton's been fantastic uh, throughout the whole of November. Got player of the month, as you said, well deserved. And Martin Cannon, <laughs> we were critics of him, but he deserved it as well. Uh, Hamilton went throughout that whole month and beaten I think. And yeah, absolutely, they they absolutely deserved uh, the awards. Um, David Templeton, yeah, again, he was fantastic against Hearts, caused them all sorts of problems. Oh, he, was, he he loved his return the ten castle. Mm, oh yeah, he loved it. Thrived in it. And Hearts only one shot on target throughout the whole game, and they were very, very fortunate to get a point. I don't know what's going on with Hearts right now. They are just—they're not up to standard at the moment. And it's, it seems—it hmm. seems as if Levine is that he—he's seemingly the centre of attention
1: at Hearts instead of the the players and how they're playing mm-hmm. and the performances obviously, and Levine's just made it all about him
0: yeah Media that is is all about Levine yeah he's an like egomaniac and especially the antics at the
1: touchline as well it's just they made it all about him he yeah. made, they made they, if he doesn't uh, well, I'm trying to of the word if he isn't defined to Bobby Madden he doesn't get sent to the stand and he stays in the, in the dugout
0: Yeah. not understand
1: why he couldn't just go over to
0: him and Levine said in his post-match interview that he was mind boggled at how he got sent to the stand he was like I still don't know why he got sent to the stand and Levine and McPhee got sent to the stands on uh, two separate occasions on separate occasions so they did and McKinnon, McPhee um, we've got different stances on this McKinnon he decked him uh, that's what i say. I'm not going to go as far and say Levine, what Levine said it was a rugby tackle but Le- McKinnon took McPhee down to the ground and yeah it was a little bit childish from McPhee to hold the ball uh, from him but there's no need to take McPhee down in my opinion
1: I don't think it was as so much as a, t- a takedown. I think that McPhee, when you when you look at it, McFee is off balance as it is, and when he's falling back, he drags McKinnon down on top of him, which makes it look even worse. And uh, I think Levine's comments, even though I do agree that if, I do agree that if you are sending McFee to the stand, you have to book the player, but Mc- uh, McKinnon was on a yellow card already. See, I don't think
0: getting, I don't think getting sent off for that is warranted because that's just handbags and not to mention causes that whole situation. Yeah, yeah but as I was saying, there's no need to do that though. And Levine did make a good point. If that was on the the field, that would have been a sending off or a, a booking at least. So, yeah, I just I was that did surprise me, and yeah, six games without a win for Hearts, not good. And we'll get into the comments that Craig Levine made about our boy Michael Stewart. Uh, very, I thought they were very very personal very harsh Kareem um, Levine came out and said that Michael Stewart was his worst ever signing due to Michael Stewart criticising him on sports scene um, yeah, it's, there, this, there, it's been an ongoing war between these two for a, a long long time now that comment just screams to me just spiteful
1: and just he's just trying to offend Michael Stewart when let's say, we all know Craig Levine has made horrendous signs mm-hmm. and Michael Stewart is most definitely not the worst no not at all not so at all so it's it's clearly a personal problem between them two even though I'm, I'm not going to go as far as to say Levine doesn't Levine does have the right to respond to the comments because Michael Stewart does get a bit harsh some
0: yeah I, I seen, I, yeah I see a lot of Hearts fans that, that, that like come out and they're actually defending Levine and saying come on Michael like you're going way over the top here it's like very personal between these two and clearly these
1: two have issues that have always been there since obviously he was managed by Levine at Hearts yeah. and obviously with Michael Stewart, being a, Michael Stewart being a Hearts fan as well he's going to have strong opinions on being managing the club that he supports
0: yeah and obviously that there's an emotional attachment there and when like obviously Michael and uh, Craig Levine don't get on, and Craig Levine's at the Helmet Hearts right now, and obviously like they don't like each other, so Michael's going to be he has got he has got a you have to admit he has got a slight agenda in a sense because they don't get on, so he's going to be more critical than positive towards Levine. And if I was,
1: if I was the BBC, I would be making sure that a a uh, sit down interview between two gets booked.
0: Oh, that would be absolutely gold. Cool. Then Jonathan Sutherland, that like moderating it that would be fantastic <laughs> be into that. I, think,
1: I, I think both of them have different uh, different opinions on football and I think you might find that an interview between them might actually be more productive than volatile and
0: yeah, they might actually find some common ground who knows who knows and because obviously clearly Levine has different opinions on how Hart should be playing
1: and what compared to Michael Stewart believes so you never
0: know; they might actually find something that they agree on. <laughs> you never know, actually. And Craig Levine's actually complained to the BBC uh, numerous times about Michael Short by saying he has an agenda. Why is he on, uh, like your like your television on your radio, uh, criticizing me because he's got something against me and and it's just not a he's not paid me out to be a, a very nice person or whatever it is. So, yeah, it's. I, I, I
1: think. Fans are entitled. This is this is where I think it gets a bit because it gets a bit confusing in my opinion on this because I think fans are entitled to to have to voice their opinions on this all because fans they're, they're the ones who listen to the media they're the ones that tune into the radio stations and all that they're the ones that do it so if they feel if the pundits have an agenda then they can address that by phoning in, or whatever texting them but Levine has just singled out one guy. Who hasn't only just been harsh on Hearts this season? He's harsh on whoever deserves it. So I wouldn't say that he's only harsh on Hearts, but he does make some over the top comments about Levine. Mm. making a complaint. I think that's a bit over the top. Too, too far. Because if that's the case, why doesn't he just organise, or why don't Hearts organise with the BBC to do an interview or an, uh, an episode or whatever sports scene or Radio Scotland where he goes in? And he's in the
0: studio. the manager's done it before. Yeah, for example, it's uh, it's like John Brown and Tom John Brown and Tom English, they had serious disagreements, and they went in and debated it. And then after that, they were they were civil. So that, as it's you're saying, civil. yeah, you might be right. That might be the best thing for all the two,
1: two two, and an even higher extent. Do you remember the the infamous war of words
0: that Derek Johnson and Chris Sutton had? Derek Johnson. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are they, Chris they Sutton went, they down. Went
1: yeah, they went live on radio, and well, I would like to say talked out, but they clearly did not talk it out. It was more of a shouting match. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: Levine could do something like that where he wouldn't obviously conduct himself in that way because he is a manager. Yeah, but you could easily resolve it by taking this approach rather than just making an official complaint.
0: Yeah, exactly as well, right? And see, uh, like Levine, he he'll be well prepared for it, right? And that will catch Michael Short off guard because when see going back to that, uh, time when Chris Sutton, uh, Chris Sutton phoned into Super Scoreboard, that caught off Derek Johnson completely. And Derek Johnson, I'm no his biggest fan, right? And obviously, um, I don't like Chris Sutton, but Chris Sutton absolutely slaughtered him, and he got the better of Derek Johnson. Because Derek Johnson was all over the place; he didn't know what to say. In in
1: my opinion, in that phone, that particular phone, and that was. See that I think Chris Sutton had every right to phone him because it was he was getting slaved, slaved, slagged live on air at that point. Mm. So I think he—I'm not fair enough. He didn't expect he Johnson did expect it. But if you're going to slag someone who's in the media, there's going to be some sort of response.
0: Aye, and, and back
1: back back. it just so happened Chris Sutton decided he was phoning him.
0: Mm, exactly. Yeah, and Michael Short did say. That the pressure is getting to Levine, which it is. Like you might not be feeling the pressure from the board, because Anne Budge came out earlier on today and said that she'll back Levine eh, in January with funds. But the Hearts fans, though, they are. There's, I know, there's quite a majority of the Hearts fans out there that are sitting entirely eh, out of Craig Levine, and well, we've talked about it before. We we've
1: mentioned before, backing Levine with funds. He is the same guy who was the director of football, when they did get back to funds, mm-hmm. So, he's already experienced several of those reports that have been brought in, so how can he improve
0: it? Yeah, and there's, when I mean, you look at his track record of the players that he's brought in, it's not good. It's definitely not good. We spoke about it last week on the podcast, and the, the number of players he's brought in from January until, uh, from January to the summer, it's a, it's a it's, lot of players it's and they've not been ridiculous. good. It's
1: ridiculous. Yeah. It's something ridiculous, like 21 in, 18 out, from. that.
0: It's obscene. It is really, really cool. Um, a
1: lot of those players, the 21 that came in, it was a lot
0: of them that left as well. Mm-hmm. I just don't know where our hearts go from here. right? They're definitely not going to finish in the top four. I do not I do not see that. They've got Hibs in the Scottish Cup. I think Hibs are going to knock them out. They, yeah, they're se- in serious trouble. Their season could be over. Yeah. Their season could be over in January. Mm-hmm. And by the looks of things, it's looking like they're going to be fighting out for our top six spot. <laughs> with... um. St Johnson, well, that's what it's so looking the way, like.
1: th- the way things are going now, Hamilton will be giving them a run for their money for a top
0: six spot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely right. So, uh, anything else you want to add, or do you want to just move on?
1: Uh, well, I think the just final comment on that is Hamilton, Hamilton got a well-earned
0: point. Hamilton deserved oh, yeah, from the game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hamilton could have got more from the game.
1: and Hearts, they took what they had to because they, could, they were roughly not getting the win because they were hanging on. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so... Ha- credit Hamilton, David Hempton, uh got Player of the Month uh, for November and Martin Cannon uh, got uh, Manager of the Month for November and credit to them they absolutely deserve it. So yeah, we'll move on and we'll discuss Partick Thistle and Hibs. Uh, Hibs beat Partick Thistle 1-0 at the weekend through an Adam Barton own goal. And I didn't actually know this, Hibs are unbeaten, from, uh, unbeaten away from home this year, which is I think uh, a fantastic achievement.
1: Hibs, Hibs have been... And that's been one of their downfalls this season is that they've been great away from home, but their home form's been patchy. Mm-hmm. And if they could put together... A, uh, well, They've started to improve recently. If they could put together a decent run of form at form home, they'd... Because they, I don't believe Hibs have been second for how long? I don't... I think it was at the start of the season they were second.
0: Yeah, very early on.
1: They, they've not been second since. And if they'd have sorted out that home form, Especially with the Apache form Rangers and Aberdeen had put together in the last couple of weeks, they could easily have been second. Mm -hmm. Because the team's there, the quality's there. It's just putting together consistency.
0: Yeah, but you see, in the game though, I thought it was a very tight game and I felt as though Hibs were very fortunate to leave with all three points because Thistle, they put up a a decent fight against Hibs and very, very unfortunate to lose the game, in my opinion. I think
1: that Hibs benefited from... That the second half, still, Neil Lennon obviously said something in the changing room and he's he's got his team going. And that he'd, he'd done a team talk just before the start of the second half as well on the park. So I think whatever he said and clearly inspired them because they scored something like two minutes after the restart.
0: Mm.
1: So whatever Neil Lennon said in the changing room then on the park has clearly inspired Hibbs
0: Yeah, and that's though, one point from nine, it's not good. That's not good. They're bottom of the league and they're in the same position as they were last year.
1: all, it's weird because they're clearly better than what they were last season. Like, they're clearly better than the position they're in right now in comparison to where they were last season is obviously the same. But this team has been playing better than the one last year. That team last year deserved to be there. Mm. This team have actually not even, they've not even played horrendous. They've just not put together enough results.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's still, there's still plenty of time because they were they're, they're, they're in the same position last year, uh, so might turn it around. I think, I think they will, I think they've got enough in the tank. But I, I said in the pod a couple of weeks ago when Thistle played Rangers, I had, honestly, Thistle looked really, really poor. They just offered Rangers absolutely nothing. But in that game against Hibs, they were very unfortunate not win, to not win the game, but at least get something out of it because it was a tight game. And it was a, the one goal, what do you make of the only goal? I thought it was it's know, just one of those things. Because the
1: defender has to get a touch, otherwise the striker behind him is going to get a touch. And then the keeper slips. The keeper slips at the last moment as well. So yeah. it's just... And you can't even fault the keeper because Cherney's been a solid keeper for them. And it's just one of those things where his foot gets caught on the ground and that's the ball's in the net before he can move.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it uh, yeah, was not really much to like eh, add. I don't think there was much more to add about the game. It was really a really tight game not really all that exciting for for the purest but uh, anything else you want but to if add to? You were, if you were going to if you're going to fir hill
1: ever for uh, expansive open
0: football then you're going to be mis- sadly sadly disappointed yeah <laughs> yeah but it was going to fir hill though it's it's not the easiest place to go and going no, there three points clean sheet you can't really argue with that and you know how Poor Hibbs defence has been this season, been looking in goals for fun and kept a clean sheet away from home, and their unbeaten run away from home continues. And yeah. So, uh, we mo- anything else you want to add or we'll just move on? Well, no, that's probably that's all that can be said in that game. Yeah. So, we'll move on to uh, Ross County and Dundee. Uh, Dundee beat Ross County 2 now That's two wins on the bounce for Dundee, and O'Hara on the score sheet yet again. Oh. <laughs>
1: Well, that's, I said it before. Why did Kelly release Mark Hare? Yeah, I,
0: just I, know, don't I, 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 I don't understand, what understand they that didn't one. See. What been, did he's, they he's, not he he's been not him I know he's been flying for Dundee this season. Absolutely flying. He's been he's been
1: one of their star players for the last two seasons now, and um, that uh, Kelly have lacked something like that in midfield. Mm-hmm. I just don't under, I just don't understand why he's been let go.
0: And it's seven points out of nine for Dundee. Um Ross County failed to create any problems. Like they failed to cause Dundee any sort of problem at all. And the final third Ross County were absolutely rotten.
1: The only bright spot that I can see for Ross County in that game was they obviously had no sign in Chris Eagles. And he uh, he looked tidy on the ball. He looked like he was he looked like if you could get him in a position to hurt Dundee, he would. And
0: it has, several times, but Dundee just, Dundee, Roshke, just didn't capitalise on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a very comfortable uh, performance from Dundee, and it looks, I thought like, a lot of people would have thought that winning against Rangers was a flash in the pan, but turns out it wasn't, and that's two wins on the bounce, and I think they'll kick on. They've got Aberdeen tomorrow, and Aberdeen, uh, we'll get into it later on, they're not in the best of uh, mindsets right now, uh, considering what's going on with uh, their manager, or... Well, soon to be ex-manager um, yeah but Ross County um, I've got concerns about Ross County I said as soon as Owen Coyle was appointed I was not convinced and I think they're in a bit of bother and I'm going to go on record saying this now maybe be too soon we're in December but they're really I think they're going to struggle with stealth this season I, I don't I really don't know who that would tag as the favourites to go down I think that every team has
1: significantly improved and they're all so close
0: together and the are sick it's, it's going to be it's going to be really tight this season um, Ross County will s- most certainly be involved in the relegation dogfight um, so we'll Dundee Thistle at this rate it looks like Hamilton will be pushing for the top six <laughs> the way it's going Kelly, Kelly will be around it, around two if they don't
1: because obviously I'll, we'll get on to Kelly later but Kelly still have that home issue and if you're going to
0: have the home Eh, home form like they have you're always going to be in a relegation fight mm-hmm. and uh, as I was saying earlier on about Ross County being really poor in the final third it just shows you how much they're missing Liam Boyce Like th- that Liam Boyce effectively kept him up last year and now he's no longer there, they've, they've struggled to replace him, and I don't know if they will ever be able to replace him at this rate, if I'm being honest someone who scores that
1: amount of goals and is willing to, well, not even willing, because that seems quite disrespectful, but is playing at a club like Ross County, you're always going to struggle to hold on to them anyway. And if you could bring someone in like that, the chances of them actually staying for very long is slim. So the fact that he was there as long as he was, I think, was a credit to Ross County. Mm -hmm. But there's not many players you could bring in
0: anyway that are within that but, uh, yeah, because like, they've, they've got a really small budget, eh, especially compared to other teams around them. It's it's ve- Liam Boyce, a very hard player to replace, so I don't know where Ross County will go from here. They're going to need to try their best to get someone in, in January, they, they need to get a striker, because that's, where, that's the, the weakest part of, uh, of their team up front. So anything else Not you want right. to add to, the, to that?
1: No, I think been uh, covered.
0: that Ross County need to start picking up results from Dundee. It's going in the right direction. Yep, they are. That Rangers, uh, that win over Rangers has gave them a new lease of life. Uh, a big confidence boost. I said on the pod, I think a couple of weeks ago, I had some concerns about Neil McCann. But yeah, he shut me up, so he has. So, like, two wins on the bounce and they can make it free or at least get a point tomorrow against Aberdeen. Just need to wait and see. So we'll move on. Uh, St. Johnson got beat uh, 2-1 at home of Kilmarnock. Kermarnock away from home. They've got a decent away, re- a, a, a decent away record, haven't
1: they? Yep. Uh, obviously that game was hampered by uh, the fact that St. Johnson players uh, missed the kickoff.
0: Yeah, it was M- uh, Michael Halloran and Ricky Foster a right? uh,
1: minute. Michael Halloran, Ricky Foster and Chris
0: Miller. What was it to uh, do with? It was something to do with... um uh, traffic, traffic, traffic jam
1: yeah. along the, the route they normally take, even though Killy, the Kelly team buses managed to arrive and completely miss all this traffic.
0: So do you um, think Tommy Wright took an offence to that and was like, right, boys are not getting played today? Well, I think one of them came on. I can't
1: remember if it was one of them came on uh, a decent part of the game. I can you imagine there know how? I think it was, uh, Tommy Wright was pretty much saying, if you can't make it the
0: game on time I'm not going to please. Mhm. it's the right stance to take it is it's the right stance to take like, regardless of the excuse it's the right stance just need to be there on time yeah so it yeah. was a, as a well deserved three points say, for Camarnot, Uh they were comfortably the better team um, the players got a reaction from Steve, uh, from Steve Clark's uh, comments last week Um, they really lit a fire under the players arse and yeah what do you make Kelly's performance as I was saying very comfortable uh,
1: I think they they, were put, they played well They played well at times And then obviously As normal Kilmarnock Would dictate They would concede that goal To make it nervy mm-hmm. But they, I thought other than that It was a very solid win At a hard place to go And a much needed three
0: points And we were saying last week uh, On the podcast About that rumour um, That apparently the Kilmarnock players Are complaining about The, the plastic pitch And, and they well, want they 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 a change a grass park yeah exactly I know and like the evidence the evidence is right there away from home come on have a decent away record and compared to what they're like at home they'll not win a home game this season well, look at
1: look at the performances against I'll even pick some of the, the I'll pick the bigger clubs look at their performance at Bataudry decent grass park they get a point Ibrox Parkhead performance, performance at Ibrox they get a point uh, they, they perf- they're better enough they, they still lose at Parkhead but that was Steve Clark's first game and They only get beaten narrowly, and they're Saint Saint John'son now. So that's them playing well at four top teams, and they also coincidentally have grass parks.
0: Yeah. So we see Steve Clark's first game. It was a. Where was it was it at Robbie Park, yeah. No, I believe uh, it was a. It
1: was no. It was at Parkhead, and they, they got beat one 1-0 zero. I'm pretty sure.
0: Oh, like and then, it's some no. I'm Parkhead like, because Kelly did get a point no, no, at Parkhead. No, no,
1: no, no, no. No, it was a, it was Ibrox, it was Ibrox where
0: they drew. Is uh, that his first game? Against, I don't
1: think it was his
0: first game. No, they drew. He got a result somewhere. Yeah, they drew like so. he's drew against Aberdeen uh, at Potodri, He drew against Rangers at Ibrox, and he's drew against Celtic at Parkhead. So, yeah, Point and then, getting uh, and then, points uh, off the, the old firm and Aberdeen. So he's,
1: they've, they play that, that that just shows that when you can get the players up for the game, they can match these top sides. And mm-hmm. um, and
0: obviously playing on a grass park clearly suits them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and but that, those those
1: stadiums all have top class grass parks as well. Like that's that's probably one of the top standards, and they don't look out of place on
0: it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And Tommy Wright, no interview after the match. And St. Johnson, they were no up for it whatsoever. Two wins in twelve. That's not a great start at all, is it? But yeah, Tommy Wright yeah. no interview after the match. What do you think?
1: I, I think he was probably just fuming with players because I know he sent their captain, so I don't think he was particularly happy with the players and didn't want to say something stupid in the media.
0: Yeah, but I don't know what it was. They were just not up for it. They were just really, really poor. Saint George have looked at that all season. though They've been on and off. Where they've been playing well, and then they've just been very poor. Yeah, it just seems, and that's not the hallmark of what Saint
1: George's are not about. Saint George's, fair enough, they normally have a wee dip at some point you, the season, but they normally come rolling back after it.
0: And they've had several dips this season and not really responded the way that we would think they would. Mm. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this. I've made uh, one or two predictions on this uh, podcast so far, in this episode. I don't think Tommy Wright will be at St Johnson uh, after this season. I just can't, I I can't see it. I don't think he will
1: be
0: either, but I don't think he's going to take that ordean job, job, I do think he will. Um, well, obviously, <laughs> we'll, we'll come to that uh, later on, but Oh, it's just say Tommy Knight doesn't go to Aberdeen, right? I think, I, I think Tommy Knight. To I think yeah, either Northern Ireland or whatever, right? But just but just say no clubs come in for Tommy Knight, right? I think this would be his last season because he's took St Johnson as far as he can go. He's punched well above his weight, winning winning the Scottish Cup, and finishing in the European places in the top four, got them into Europe as far well as, he, as, as he can go and he I think he just looks physically I don't know what he looks mentally drained I think he's I think he wants a fresh challenge if I'm being honest like what do you think?
1: I think mean, without being too disrespectful to St Johnson they are not in the top f- five clubs in Scotland no. when it comes to the you've got you've got the five you've got the two you've got the two, two, two old from and then you've got the three big city clubs and St. Johnson have done well to compete While some of the City clubs have been missing But realistically when you have them all back It was always going to get tougher for St. Johnson Especially when you lose top players like St. Johnson Have consistently over the years And managing so the, the places is, So the, players, the squad has been getting significantly weaker Every single season This season fair enough They bring in, they bring in players like Stefan Schugel They get Michael Halloran back on loan So clearly they are improving But they will lose Michael Halloran again in January, should Rangers decide to take him back mm-hmm. and not fire him back on loan. so that will be another puzzle that they'll need to solve. So, but I don't know how many I don't know how many
0: puzzles that Tommy Wright has left in him at St Johnstone. Yep, I know. I, I just said I was just by his body language this season and like in his interviews, press conferences, he just looks like fiz- He just looks mentally drained. He just looks like I've done my bit. I've took him as far as I can go. I want a, new, a fresh challenge, uh, but if Mike O'Neill leaves Northern Ireland, I think Tommy Wright should be the, the number one uh, choice uh, from uh, the Northern Ireland FA, uh, and Aberdeen, uh, like if Dent McInnes goes, I think Tommy Wright should be the next Aberdeen manager, but we'll get into that later on when we come on to the Rangers-Aberdeen segment, which I think will go on for quite a bit, but uh, we'll move on and we'll talk about uh, Celtic. Um, what do you want want to start with celtic Andalite game or Celtic-Mullerwell we may as well start
1: with the Champions
0: League game Um, Celtic yeah so Celtic got beat 1-0 off Anderlec at home but Celtic still managed to qualify uh, for the Europa League Celtic against Andalite. I thought Celtic were really really poor they just looked uncomfortable they looked nervous I don't know what it is when they're playing in Scotland they're just like this untouchable force but when they go into Europe they're (laughs) they're just hot. they're really poor they just look like like the players look like a deer in the headlights in Europe
1: I, d- I don't think their fans were very happy with Celtic's performance either because they've already they beat them they like beat them away from home and they could have easily went out and made a statement and at least went, out, went into the Europa League on the back of a decent win but they his job done which is what really the fans were expecting
0: but <laughs> but that's still it's not, it's not the way they would have wanted it right Celtic lined up with five four one, which boggled my mind because Celtic went over there it went over to Brussels beat them 3-0 and and obviously you know Rodgers is talking about he wants to play open expansive attacking football and then at home he lines up five four one after beating them 3-0 away like what is that all about I, that just boggles my mind and it's, it was almost as if Celtic were
1: playing with the fear that they would get beat 3-0 and Andalic would take their spot
0: I just, it really it was baffling to say the least In uh, Celtic and Europa League how do I see them doing last 32 at best I, well like, no I sorry I would say them. if they get a favourable draw in the last 32 yeah last 16 but last 16 is a, the best they're going to get that is a, the maximum realistically Celtic
1: will have to play better though if they think just because they're dropping from the Champions League where it's a very that's their league and they're going into Europa League if they think that Europa League is going to be easier it's not because some of the teams that have went into Europa League are Champions League quality Mm -hmm. so they could very much it's very very comprehensible that they could get a massive draw in the Europa League but I do see them getting through this round and then
0: playing a big team yeah but um, uh, three points so three points in that group and they still managed to get through I'm sorry but that's not I don't think that's Eh, great at all even though it's job done but still I think cool. realistically
1: the only disappointment in that group would have been they would have expected four defeats against Bayern and PSG but I would have ex- I would have expected at least six points from two games against Anderlecht have, the minimum of four and they they could not get that at all I was, say, I was saying to I was saying to everyone who was asking that I thought that Celtic would at least win their their okay against that they, like, draw the away like, and then do the complete opposite
0: and win away away like come, and then look like, nervous at home, which has not been a trademark in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so just need to wait and see who Celtic get. Uh yeah, and Celtic mullerwell I uh, have to admit, Celtic beat well Celtic beat uh, Motherwell five one. I have to admit, they, it was a an impressive win for Celtic. They completely proved the point.
1: Muddle Murdo had been close to them in the previous two games. And that was all about Celtic pretty much putting Murrow back in their box, so to speak. Hmm. They they were proving a point that Murrow were not anywhere near them on in quality. And I must admit, see when it was two one I thought Murray could do something here. But then Celtic made a few subs and turned up the quality and blew Murdoch out of the water.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, 67 games unbeaten, uh, great achievement We set every week, Um, I'll, a lot of the listeners think that me and you go, we're, we're a bit too critical on Celtic at times, but which I don't think we are, we give Celtic plenty of praise, and when there's criticism we'll, we'll call it ha- uh, how it is, Um. but yeah, a hat trick for Edward, uh, 4 goals in 5 games, he was a big, big uh, threat up front uh, for Celtic against Motherwell.
1: He was the forgotten man, mm-hmm. and then all
0: of a sudden he comes on and scores. You know who else was a forgotten man? Johnny Hayes. He Johnny, was outstanding. I, I didn't even realise he was playing. I didn't even
1: realise he was playing
0: until the commentator said it, and I was like, "Oh, it's, it's Johnny's getting a run out." <laughs> Johnny Hayes. I I thought he was a, a thorn in the nest uh, for the Motherwell defence. He caused them quite a lot of problems, and it just showed you the like the the, um, the the depth of quality Celtic have in their squad. Johnny Hayes could have easily been playing for Aberdeen right now
1: and doing the exact same thing as what he'd done last season, showing how good he actually is, but instead he's sitting on the bench at Celtic and that is a very quality, high-level SPFL player who is now
0: not playing regular football. Yep, I know, I know. But it just shows you, like Celtic right now, they've got the funds and they've went and bought Aberdeen's best player and he's struggling to get a game. But, but to me, you have players like Patrick Roberts, James Forrest... And Scott Sinclair it's going to be very difficult for him to get in the team and yeah James Forrest right now he's on really good form he's uh, he's flying right now Rodgers is what wonders with James Forrest before Rodgers uh, took over Celtic a lot of Celtic fans were saying James Forrest get rid of him he's not good enough and Brendan Rodgers has gave Forrest a new lease of life
1: James Forrest. Uh, well, I didn't think James was that great. However, he's continuous. He's continuing
0: to prove me wrong. Season when was he on ten goals now? Uh, I'm, I, I, he um, it might be. I, I actually don't know. So he's, he's he has a good power Even though I'm picking to my
1: point that, he's yet to have a good game at the Scotland top. He
0: never. He, he doesn't perform in the Scotland top. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't know. It's it, a lot. That's the thing, though. In his defense. A lot of players are like that, great at club level, then they get to international level, they're just, they can't hack it. And, we, like, we were speaking about this uh, the other week, I think, about the England players, like, from that golden era, uh, shall we call it, like, with Frank Lampard, you know, Rio Ferdinand, etc. cetera, all, Steven Gerrard, fantastic at club level, and then they get to the international st- uh, stage and they can't hack it. I just, I just think that... It, it... If, you're good enough to, if he's good enough to do it for Celtic, you're doing it at a high level. I just don't see how he can't transfer that into playing for Scotland against teams like Slovenia. You know, I agree with you on that point, absolutely. Uh, so, But Mulwell, they were defensively, they were all over the place. That was their worst defensive display I've seen uh, under, since Robertson took over. That was our worst defensive uh, display in a long, long time. They were really, really I poor.
1: Even, I wouldn't even be harsh on Mullerwell and say... That was their poorest game because right up until the seventy fifth minute, they weren't even playing badly. And then defensively sudden, the
0: though, five, they were they were all over the shop.
1: And then in the last fifteen minutes, they just completely fell apart. Because I think it was, was it was not two one in the seventy fifth minute, and then Celtic go on to score three goals.
0: And they just couldn't hit, like they were just all over the place. Uh, Steve, Do you think it was fatigue, maybe tiredness? I think realistically, if, played, if anyone had played Celtic three
1: times in near enough a week. I think you'd start to show the the effects of
0: that. So I think realistically, if Mull were going to hammer, it was going to happen at Parkhead. Yeah, so anything else you want to add on that one? I think that's pretty much it, really. I a comfortable Celtic, Celtic performance. Celtic, Celtic showing their
1: dominance, and Mull just showing the effects
0: of a very tough last 10 days. Yep, that's it. So we'll move on to the main event. This is where it's going to go on for ages. It's been dominating the media. All week, right? But we're going to talk about the game first. Uh, Rangers went to Pittaudry and Rangers beat Aberdeen 2 1. And it was a very brave performance from Rangers. I thought it was a fantastic performance. Um, the first half, uh, Rangers dominated, and it was a great, and for the first goal, it was a great ball in from Declan John and a superb header from Danny Wilson. I, I, I think that you'll struggle to see a better uh, header than that. That was.
1: I've
0: actually seen someone in the media trying to blame Joe Lewis for that. No, that was unstoppable. Uh, that was absolutely unstoppable. Like, who said that? Who was it in the media saying that? It was
1: it was one someone on uh, Open All Mics who was commentating on the game said that uh, Joe
0: Lewis should have done better. No, oh, that's nonsense. There was no stopping that. Like it, it, Joe Lewis was like, see Joe Lewis, he was stunned when he seen that. He was like, whoa. like he couldn't believe that. And see, credit to Danny Wilson though. Joe Lewis, that big keeper, I think he's something like over six foot. And He's six foot six, six, six high, six foot six. My God, man! Like credit, Danny Wilson. Well, that was some header. And yeah, uh, Re- Rangers were, further, uh, were uh, fantastic in the first half. Then we come to the second half, and the red card. Uh, Ryan Jack got sent off at the fiftieth minute, I believe. Uh, in my opinion, it was a Stonewall of red card, and you just can't be making those kind of challenges in the yeah, modern game. Well, and like, Rangers you see really the it and it's been it's, uh, the appeal was
1: rejected. Today. Yeah, it's a free so match it's, ban. No, it's not a free match, which I don't understand why Rangers were appealing
0: that. Um, I, like that divided a lot of people. A lot of people were saying I haven't seen so many people divided over a red card in a long time. A I don't some people were why divided. Like, like what? I don't understand why there's any good reason. Right, so like, let's look at it, right, Ryan Jack won the ball, right, he did, but there's no need to follow in, he, he followed, like, he, like there's no need to follow in like that, and he stuck, he studs in, right in at Stevie, Stevie May's ankle, could have broken the guy's ankle, um, it was, there was no need uh, from, for Ryan Jack to do that, and right up until that point, Ryan Jack, in my opinion, was the best player in the park, he was having an outstanding game, Oh, I think we've lost JJ here, and we'll get him back in a minute. Hold on. Right, JJ, you back? Yes. Fantastic, I know. I find that quite funny, though, how it just completely cut off and I was raving about Ryan Jack. <laughs> yeah, but Ryan Jack, right up to that point, I thought he was outstanding. He was the best player in the park, and me and you agree on that one. It was a red card. Um. For the second goal, uh no before I go into the second goal, um, when the red card happened, I was like, Oh god, here we go. Right, Rangers are gonna crumble, Aberdeen are gonna get back into this game and it's uh, it's just gonna be classic Rangers. But no, Rangers stuck in, showed a lot of bravery, a lot of character, something we've not shown a lot of this season. And we went and we went up the pitch later on in the game, scored uh, Josh Windas, everybody knows my fierce critic of Josh Windass but my god JJ what a run that was in the box and what a great cross from Gondias
1: I just don't understand like, the problem I, I, I have with that is that I don't understand why Alden were pressing so high when there was so much time left in that game we were caught in that and we lost a loose ball and then Rangers countered us and I don't
0: understand why there was so many players forward when we had so much time left to get back in that game right, so when you scored that free kick it was kind of like deja vu in a some sense free kick. because what? Which was
1: some hit for a for a nineteen year
0: old. It trail. was deja vu in a sense because it was in the same position uh, as last year's free kick, and it was it uh, gave the fill away. So I was like, "Oh God, no, here we go." But credit Rangers, they they managed to hang in there and oh, managed to leave more, with the three points. So much better
1: when Ross came on the pitch, which spoke volumes the fact that it took a youngster to spark the team into life and I think the team looked like a team that didn't know which tactical direction they were going in Mm -hmm. and I think they were affected by the fact that we were playing a team who McInnes has been linked so strongly with in the media and there has been several reports obviously now coming out of the Audrey that the players are indeed affected by what's going on which I'm still not giving an excuse for some of the performances in the recent weeks but
0: Dude, one it's
1: th- clear that the situation
0: situation has affected the squad. Hmm. Yeah, before uh, like I'll just uh, go back to Josh Windass here. Um I would probably say that was Josh Windass's best game in a Rangers jersey. He was yeah, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And I think he's, he's scored four goals in five games. The guy's got he's on a bit of form, uh I have well, to admit, he's on a bit of form. Mm. Oh, that dive was embarrassing. Was dive. Oh, that was embarrassing. Even just dad came out and slaughtered them. Right. See the hands with be Das, right, Josh? If they're going to dive, mate, can you at least do it a bit better than that? And that was that was embarrassing. <laughs> it really was. Watching the pub, then a guy beside me was like, "Oh, that was a penalty!" And then I was like, "Mate, look at the replay." Went, "Oh, oh no, mind then." Oh, that was bad. Probably the worst dive I think we've seen this season. It's
1: up there. It's definitely
0: up there. Yeah, yeah, Josh. Win Now I wonder. What I really do wonder if you'll be able to kick on here. Um, yeah, but Graham Murphy, credit to him. He got his tactics spot on yet again. And when the red card happened, he knew he had to make a change. And he was like, "Okay, right, I'm going to take off Carlos Pena, who at that point, be fair, to vote Pena having a decent game." He took off Pena, brought in Candias. That was a right call to do. It was a right move, and Candias, he came on and he was fantastic. And yeah, overall, it was uh, an outstanding performance for Rangers. Um, the second game in a row. Graham, eh, Graham Murthy got the team and tactic spot on if that's his last game well I don't think it will be And um, I think we will be in charge for Ross County this weekend and if he beat Ross County that's a nice wee send off for him beating Aberdeen twice and obviously beating Ross County to like, free send off but yeah if you said to me going in that double header JJ that we would get six points from the double header I would like have no chance I said in the podcast that I thought we would at least get a point at Pataudry and then you just would beat Zybrox? Anything new? I, think, uh, I went. Well, I went for. Uh, I went for six points for Aberdeen. So
1: obviously, I was completely
0: wrong. Yeah, and what we'll, we will talk about Aberdeen now, right? So I think I've spoken off about Rangers, and obviously, I've just I got to rave about it. Yeah, the def- Aberdeen defensively, I thought well they were poor. Uh, like I thought they were really poor defensively. I expected a lot more. As
1: I've
0: said,
1: I I don't think the players. Morale has been very great over the last couple of weeks because, obviously, with the the reports coming out, there's been so much uncertainty of who the manager was going to be, and I think it's really starting to affect the players. And that's why I believe that that might have a complete opposite effect when we play Dundee tomorrow. That we pretty, if we have certainty, which we've been told we will by the end of today, then the players are going to have that certainty going into this game that we're not that He is not our manager. And I think the players might actually get a reaction playing for Sheeran and Robson. So I think regardless of the outcome, there needs to be certainty. Um yeah but And at this point it's dragged on too long and the players need
0: to know who's gonna be taking them on. Um, see Aberdeen against Rangers in the second game? See the bo- even in the first one as well actually. See the the body language of the players? It just looks very, very off. The players didn't look up for it at all and one thing I noticed as well, see when a goal went in, when Aberdeen conceded a goal, I didn't see any of the players trying to galvanise each other. They were all looking around each other, just completely soulless. They were like, here we go.
1: I think, mean, as I said, the squad morale wasn't very high. and I think Aberdeen needed a lift and this was the probably the worst two games that we could, other than Celtic, that we could go into not knowing what was going to be...
0: Well, was going to be the manager come the end of the week? Yeah, like so we'll talk about that. Honestly, in my opinion, right, I don't think the, the media speculation affected Aberdeen for going into a doubleheader. I don't think it did. I think, because I the, think that anyone who thinks the media didn't have an effect, I think
1: they're
0: completely deluded. No, 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 because, see, the players, right, I don't think it had an effect, maybe at all, I think it had an effect on McInnes, but the players are... I don't think it actually did because if, is, cause if the, it players, the players the players have came out know. the players have came out and actually said like, quite a few of the players have come out and said no it's not affecting them so if it
1: affects the manager who is meant to be galvanising the team before the game then you're obviously going to see an adverse effect on the squad
0: but the players have, have came some of the players have happened. came out and said that it's not affecting them at all the
1: players
0: have to say that That's I know but then again say. they can like worded it in, a, worded it in a, like, a different way by saying yeah, it's a wee bit of a distraction but we're focused didn't say that so oh, it's not affecting us at all because if they'd have came out and said that then all that everyone would
1: have, the media would have leaked on that I would be making excuses already well, this... they did not make They did not make excuses um, oh. I still haven't seen, seen excuses from the players from regards to
0: last week anyway so hopefully we'll draw a line under it and move forward now hmm. But yeah I thought it was uh, I really enjoyed the, that double header it was, I thought it was absolutely fantastic and Young Bates came into the team I said to you right before it right before the game I was like okay I've got concerns about Bates I would rather start Cardozo but I thought Bates was outstanding one of the best players in the park and yeah the, the I think the future John James for the young, the, the young players uh, coming up in, uh, within Scottish football it's look, looking quite bright isn't it? Well I don't know
1: how many young players finished on that park uh, on Sunday, but I know that Aberdeen had obviously McKenna, uh, Harvey, and Ross that finished on, and Wright obviously Wright obviously comes off, but that was four youth players that played for Aberdeen. Obviously, Rangers had McCrory, uh, Bates, uh, I can't think of any other one that jumps to my mind, yeah. but that's what six players that mm-hmm. featured in one of the top games in Scottish football. Mm-hmm. So, and if all of them live up to
0: their potential, then that's, they all could potentially be future Scotland players yeah and see Ross McQuarrie credit to the guy like he's not like he, for the last two games he was first in a position he's never played before holding mid and he made that position his own he was unbelievable and right now I'll keep him in that position because he's doing well in it uh, so I would keep him in that role and I think we're going to need to considering Ryan Jack is out for three games so like we've got Graham Dorans that's out Ryan Jack's out Um so realistically, I think I'm, I think we're going to need to do a four three three. Ross, but McCoy, problem, Ross that is The problem with that is that
1: if if you if you're looking at from a team selection point of view, Ryan Jack's going to miss the next three
0: games for Rangers. How many games have we got left this year? Five. Um, he's going to miss. Yeah, I think so. We've got. Well, I think we've got um, sure. County Hibs. Then I think St Johnson at home.
1: So you're going to miss a big game uh, at Easter Road which means McCrory will most likely play there. So what happens if Rangers play well, say, in those three games? And then that means you you know, like, as everyone knows, you've got that Parkhead game at New Year. Mm-hmm. What happens if McCrory does well in that position and whoever comes in in that position does well? What about the midfielders out of the team? Does Dorans and Jack just walk back in? or do you stick with
0: that team when you play in the big game against Celtic? Well, it's hard to say what will happen, but I think Ryan Jack will come back in the team after he sells his suspension. But right now, going into the game against county this weekend, I think we'll need to go 4-3-3. Um, at holding mid, uh, Peña uh, Pena and Jason Holt in the midfield. Because that's all, that's really what else, there's nothing else for us uh, that we can do. Well, we could play that, young, that youngster called Jamie... Oh, but I can't even say his name but Jamie but, uh, uh, do you know what it is? I don't know how to oh, pronounce oh, it but I that's it um, we could play him but I think we should go for the safer option uh, and play Peña in midfield so McCoury, uh holding mid and Jason Holt and Peña in the midfield as well so I, I think we'll go for that uh, this weekend regardless uh, of who's in charge um, but now let's get to the big the big elephant in the room, the, the, the big it's uh, the big topic, talk, uh, talking point. Derek McInnes has been discussed in the media for five weeks or so. And I think both of us are just drained with it. We just want a, think, a solution I to I it. Honestly, so, I honestly think that if you're looking at it from an Allardine point of view,
1: I think the disappointment about it was over two weeks ago when it was clearly looking like it was maybe happening. And now it's just got to the point where you're like, right, get on with it.
0: Um, and I think that's the opinion of a lot of people. It's just get it, get it over and done with. <laughs> so uh, so d- basically, um, last week I think it was or a week or two ago, mm-hmm. it was like like we I thought well, like right, we're not made an approach McKinnis just yet. So uh, maybe the board aren't interested, which really boggled my mind. But it turns out the board were waiting until after the double header to make an approach because they felt as though it was the right thing to do. So that was the reason why they never made an approach for Derek McInnes.
1: Now, if you, ask, if you ask the fans, I don't think waiting until after the doubleheader is the right thing to do.
0: Well, The, the, the board obviously felt it was the the, like, the, the honourable thing to do. So, I, would I have done that? No, I would have got him as soon as possible. If, well, that's well, how the, the board you, felt. If you flip that round, right, if you had told Allardyne fans, even if Derek McInnes had explicitly said he wanted to, to finish those two games,
1: do you think Allardyne fans would have had that? Do you think they would have accepted that? Oh God no! Do you think uh, so? Uh, that's the the. There is, I think if that is what McInnes was doing, and his whole idea was to get a a farewell and all that, then wedding fans wouldn't have accepted it, regardless, because it's all fake. Even if even if we if we didn't know that beforehand, and even if he'd beaten Rangers and was celebrating and all that, and basically giving the big send off to the fans, the fans would have still bought into it. Because they would have known that it's all fake, and he was going anyway. Mm. It's, 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 this whole situation has been handled very poorly by both Rangers, McInnes, and uh, all of them, and Allardine. All of them are complicit, in this very, very bad
0: handling. Maybe it could have handled. It could have been handled a little bit better, right? But it's it's been it's been going on for like so so long. It's been dominating the media, and it obviously has. It's had an effect on Derek McInnes, and I said, I I mean, you know, I've said it for a long time. I've been saying it for ages. If Rangers come calling, this guy will be off. You were saying that McInnes would stay, which I did not understand why you were thinking that. Because as soon as we came, we came calling, we made an approach. McInnes was like, "Right, get me out of here now." I don't think. I,
1: I still stand by that I
0: don't think McInnes would have went if Rangers in the Championship had made an approach for. well I don't
1: know what's I
0: don't all. think that makes sense from a career standpoint to move down to a division well no look at this at from this way right? once he's in the Championship he gets to rebuild uh, in the Championship and then the next season that's him back to the Premiership because look at Woburn. look mean? at Mark Woburn. he could have stayed in England because he'd done very well at Brentford but he decided no I'll go up uh, to the Scotland and manage Rangers in the Championship so I think McInnes would have took Rangers in the championship, honestly. I I don't think he would have. I think I think, I
1: don't even think Rangers would have offered him the job. Because so I don't even think Rangers knew who they wanted. I think Rangers. I think Rangers were just going for the cheaper option every single time.
0: So, um, right now, uh, as we speak, um, I think McInnes is having talks with Stuart Mill and Paul Sheeran will be in charge for the game tomorrow against um, Dundee. And she didn't said earlier on in his press conference that um, there'll be a a final de- there'll, de- there'll be a decision made on McInnes today, so everybody knows that he will be going. Um, so what? What? This is this is this is the, this is the problem with him. See, the problem with this whole announcement thing. Even if, even if he
1: says if if he spectacularly turned around and said no to Rangers, his position is still unattainable. Awarding. Do you he, think so? he, he can, he cannot stay. at in now. Well just
0: because it, just he, cause of what's happened, how he's not took training and yeah, how he's not right, done the presser today.
1: If you, if you have messed Aberdeen about this long, if you really wanted to go this long, you should have said it to Stuart Mill. You fair enough. I do. You, you should fair enough. I will accept that he wouldn't. You shouldn't come out in the media and openly say it because if you've done that, the fans turn against you anyway. But if you, you should have made that. You should have made that very clear to Stuart Mill, and then. This whole situation could have been dealt with, but the fact that it's dragged on so long, he's apparently had talks with and backed up what he said. And then for you now not to take train and not handle the media, his position is unattainable. I would anyway, which I don't think I don't think he is going to say no to Rangers anyway. No, but not. if he did, if he did, he still couldn't continue as our manager because he's lost the fans anyway. Mm. So either way, his only option is to go because if he doesn't go. He's going to get forced to. Well, I wouldn't say he's going to get forced, but if he didn't
0: go to Rangers, he will resign at one point anyway during the future because of the fact the fans don't support him. And, and, and like that's the thing. Stuart Mill should not hold him hostage. Like I think it was uh, Willie Miller that said yesterday if Dent McInnes wants to go, let him go. There's no point having uh, an unhappy I manager at the club. Is,
1: I don't think he is holding him hostage. I think he is holding out for the deal that suits Aberdeen. And, and and the rumours that's obviously been flying around is obviously our want one upfront payment, and which I still don't agree. I don't think that that's wrong. I don't think it's wrong for a football club to demand the full release clause automatically upfront rather than get it in drips and drabs. I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
0: It's it's like no. See, the, it is, it, do you just want one million just to just for us to speak to him? Is that what it well, was? Well, the the, the rumour was that our wanted the.
1: They wanted the full compensation to put or to be held by a third party or like a third party account. Until and then that meant if if you had successfully negotiated with them, then we got the money. And if it wasn't successful, you got the money back. So that was all. Apparently, I was demanding. I was not saying, "Or well, we'll take it and we'll keep it." And then if you don't get it, we keep it anyway. I was saying it's held by a third party account. If it's accepted, we get the money. If he says no, you get the money back. Um, and so,
0: apparently that was what stumbled. What was? Um, rumour has it, though, right? That uh, apparently Rangers got the word back through a for, uh, through a a third party that McInnes would love to take on the job, right? So I don't think Rangers would have made an approach if they, they knew McInnes was going to reject it. So the rumor has it Rangers knew that McInnes was going to take take on the job. So and that was why they made an approach. Because let's be honest, right? If Rangers publicly made an approach for Dent McInnes and Rangers got not back that for a stature for the for how big Rangers are the stature of the the club that would be embarrassing, wouldn't it? Well, see, it would, it would Rangers
1: obviously weren't going to risk that. I was getting told yesterday that uh, do you know what? Uh, Chip Young admitted live on Earth mm. on a uh, Sportsound.
0: What did he do?
1: That he had acted as a, a what well, I think what would I call it that he, on behalf of Rangers, had acted as a correspondent to tap up uh, football players. (laughs) Did he actually? He admitted it live on air that he used his position as a pundit to basically question players in private and ask them, where did you let it go? Which is quite simply ridiculous. I believe that has happened with McInnes. I believe someone will have asked him, and I think that's how it came about. The Rangers have made the approach because you don't wait five weeks and then suddenly somehow find
0: out that oh, by the way, he would take it. So clearly, something has happened. Yeah, which that's obviously just adds
1: to the situation that Alwardine are very unhappy with the way this was conducted.
0: Like so, discussions have obviously been going on between like, a third party, and so, um, yeah, it was. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And, um, to get, like to,
1: to get back to the point you were making about the media. See how people are saying, or oh, they don't think the media played a role. And I've seen uh, Graham Spears is saying that he, or oh, it's the our uh, fans are blaming the media for all this coming across. And uh, how is it the media's fault? And all that. Say hypothetically, right, Alwardino going for a manager. Say McInnes goes to Rangers, right? Will the media create the same storm when Allardine are going for their manager? No.
0: Because it's gonna, you, uh, no, only because this will you gonna this will be a bit disrespectful. But no, it's because Rangers are obviously but like a massive, massive problem
1: Media, media, or the media are now trying to deny that they did not kick up a huge fuss when they did, and they would not create the. The point was the media are trying to say, or Graham Spears specifically was trying to say, they will create the same fuss when Aberdeen are going for a manager. He knows for a fact they will not, and it will not be on every single news outlet. It will not be on every single radio station. So that is why our fans are upset and why the club are upset because that is not how it would be conducted for Alding moving for a new manager, and it won't be. Mm.
0: Yeah, but it's, it's as I was saying, it was it's went on far far too long, and I'm I'm just over the moon now. we going to get it. a like <laughs> Absolutely. A is resolution over. to it. Well,
1: everyone is over. Everyone is over this news, and they want it out the way now.
0: Oh, it <laughs> it was just caught. It's been I can't believe it's lasted this long, five weeks, five weeks. And do you know what? this this one thing I find quite interesting, right? This would be quite weird. See, McInnes' first game in charge uh, of Aberdeen it was against Hibs at Easter Road, and potentially McInnes' first game in charge of Rangers will be at Easter Road. So yeah, I find that quite intriguing. But yeah, so Daniel McInnes, right? Looks like he's going to Rangers. How will you remember Derek McInnes? In my opinion, I think that you should remember McInnes in a, a positive light, considering all he's done for you is he's completely transformed the club around, finished in European places, won the League Cup. I still think Aberdeen should see him in a positive light. Well, he's obviously going to be remembered as the manager that brought Aberdeen
1: back into the top six and back into European places and delivered the trophy. So he will be remembered for all that. But I still think that it's quite... It's quite Upsetting that this is how it's ended, especially with this media storm that's
0: happened in the last couple of weeks. that It's sad that this is how it ends, but he will ultimately be remembered for winning the cup. It's, right, you do you know one thing you were saying obviously uh, earlier on, right? Well, and I think i said that in a few pods before. Like, when Sunderland came in, everyone was saying, Oh my goodness, oh Sunderland, this is a good opportunity for him. And then obviously, he knocks it back because Sunderland was in a basket case, right? And then, some some Aberdeen fans, I don't think you actually said it, but your dad did, where he was saying, oh, when, after we got rid of Cassina, your dad was like, oh no, he's not back Sunderland, but Sunderland, obviously in a basket case and Rangers, bigger club in Sunderland. And, let's say it now, Derek McInnes, you've denied it before, but Derek McInnes is a Rangers fan. Many Rangers, ex-Rangers players have came out and said this. I've got a, There's a host of names. McInnes is a, he grew up a Rangers fan, ex-Rangers player, so if I show the big man is a Rangers man uh, so yeah It was a, I've said it for ages and ages it's three it, this, I think this is three years in America making we've I mean, said it for a while Derek McInnes if Rangers come calling he would go and that's what's looking like is going to happen so let's talk about who will Aberdeen get into the place McInnes I've said it for a while that Tommy Wright I think Aberdeen should push out the boat and get Tommy Wright but I think you want Jack Ross
1: I want uh, uh, see I want Jack Ross, but I also think I think Jack Ross is a risk worth taking and I don't think you achieve
0: anything in football without taking risks. Yeah and, Matt... and, oh, and you
1: and I think that but then again when I also look at the level of the manager that Kilmarnock and Ross County have appointed <laughs> I think I already, I already know I'm much more capable of attracting a bigger manager than what they've got. If I would have taken Steve Clark, if
0: you'd have said I wouldn't take Steve Clark, I would have taken him. Why not try and to go from there? See, I've seen several Aberdeen fans saying that Aberdeen should make a cheeky approach for Steve. I, I, do you know I was texting your dad earlier on, and I said, "Why don't go for Steve? Why don't you go for Steve Clark? The, the guy's got a great CV, done fantastic at West Brom."
1: Aberdeen, fans are not against that, but obviously, Coman will probably slam the door in their
0: faces. Well, but, money uh, talks, mate. Money talks. Uh, but I think the the, the level of manager that,
1: that's out there, like that, I, I do not want Gordon Striking. I don't care what he's achieved I do not want Gordon Strike and his, uh, his opinions on Allardy was made equivalently clear when he did not pick any Allardy player for the Scottish Cup, uh, Scottish Cup Scotland squad so what would he do when he managed Allardy he'd probably get in loan players and pick other people's players to play for Allardy <laughs>
0: but I don't want McLeish either because McLeish it's what the Rangers thing
1: McLeish did say that everyone was like, oh, you take the Rangers job and all that, and then he did say, oh, well, there's been no approach. But the point about McLeish is that McLeish clearly wanted the Rangers job. So mm-hmm. if he took the Arwarden job, that's him just taking that job because it's available. So I do not want McLeish either. I've seen players' names like Paul Lambert getting bandied about. And for <laughs> fun fact, I even seen Harry Redknapp at one point was 50 to 1. To I say seen that,
0: that in the job. odds, i eh? I seen, what was it? Billich was on it. odds as well. <laughs> if we could appoint a manager of like uh, Harry Redknapp I'd be delighted but it's not going to happen <laughs> um, going back to Jack Ross mate I think personally I, I, I like Jack Ross he's got potential to be a really good manager but I, him leaving St Mirren in the Championship to go to Aberdeen it's a big step up and all, all Jack Ross has done so far he's kept St Mirren upright, and he's not really he's not won anything he's not really achieved anything and it's a big step up And I think, maybe down the line, but not right now, I think you should go for Tommy Wright. Tommy Wright is a a talented manager, he's won the Scottish Cup and he's finished in the European places with St Johnston. Tommy Wright is a safe pair of hands and he, I think, with a, a much better squad and a better budget, he will be a success at Aberdeen, I think. Are you sure are you sure you'd want Albertine to go for Tommy because I mean Tommy Wright's
1: had Derek McInnes' number when he's been at St Johnson, so imagine what he'd do when Derek McInnes was a ranger.
0: <laughs> I think yeah, Big Big Deep will be able to cope uh, with a bigger budget and you'll get in his own players. So I think we'll be alright, mate. I think we'll be alright. <laughs> but yeah, what do you think? What do you think of my comments there? I think that I understand the risk that's attached to
1: Jack Ross, but I also go back to what I said, I don't think you achieve anything in football without taking risks.
0: I, why are you so, I
1: don't think I I don't think Jack Ross is such a huge risk. I think, yes, that he's, he's obviously managed St but he's done that with a squad that's much more less talented than ours, less budget than ours, with a better better calibre player, I still think he could be a success at all. Why are
0: you why you sure so against Tommy Wright? To I, I don't like are you, are you against Tommy Wright because he's like his style of football? Is that why you're against him?
1: I don't want Tommy Wright because I don't I just don't I just don't think I just don't think he's the man that would take Allardyne forward. I think he could keep us consistently competing at a level around about European places but realistically we need to be looking for the squad that we have whether Rangers fans will say oh that we shouldn't be on that level anyway but Allardyne should still be looking to finish second in that league and that's where we want to be and I'm not sure Tommy Wright's the manager
0: that would be able to achieve that. If you a point Tommy Wright and Rangers obviously get Dennis um a uh, useful. I think, comfortably finish for, no, like, honestly, I think he's well, because, it, like, you, it's like, see when you compare the Aberdeen squad to Hibs squad, the Aberdeen is much better than the Hibs, and, Tommy Wright with a better budget, better resources, he'll do well, because at St. Johnson, he literally had no money, and he brought in a decent standard of player, and, obviously, his budget's not going to be, like, so much better, compared to what it was at St. Johnson, but it will be, slightly better and he'll be, he'll be able to bring in a better standard of player at uh, Aberdeen. So I some of my other names that's been like me the job, um, Paul Lambert's been like me, I don't think that would be a smart choice for Aberdeen in my opinion, only done well at Norwich, everywhere else it was he's not done well, Blackburn, Wales, Aston Villa, done horrible in my opinion, he lost to Bradford, to League two, Bradford in League 2 over two games in the League Cup semi-final, like Paul Lambert would not be a smart appointment I, I, I think if you're judging him on a cup game against Bradley. No, I'm just saying I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm just like they were a fairy
1: tale that
0: year Oh of course they were. But I'm just I, I had to throw that out there. But see when you look at his his whole tenure at Aston Villa, it was I, it was a failure. It was poor he was really poor. Yeah, everyone was destined to fail at Aston Villa. That club was always gonna end up in the
1: championship where
0: it is now. But then you look at his time at Wolves. didn't work out, got the sack. Uh, look at his time also well, done at Norwich and then Blackburn I've said it before about Blackburn we had I think we spoke spoken about before but Blackburn he was poor there I don't think he's a I don't think I think he's a bit overrated to, uh, Paul Lambert and I think in my opinion Aberdeen can do better than Paul Lambert <laughs> um, so gone Strachan, Aidan uh, said on the podcast a few weeks ago um, about gone stracking maybe but um, I don't know. Like, I don't think I when Striking want it. Like, obviously, you don't want him. But the, I think the Aberdeen board would want Striking. But I don't think Striking would want it just now. I think he's still trying to get over that debacle uh, with Scotland. Um, and I put a wee poll on the the Scott pod, uh, Scott the Scott podcast Twitter last night. Um, who should be the next Aberdeen manager? And Jack Ross was he got the most amount of votes. And Paul Lambert got the least amount. So, do you think Aberdeen will act swiftly in appointing their uh, the next think, manager? I
1: think uh, I think it's, it's it's not even unreasonable to think that Aberdeen haven't already been acting. That maybe in these talks with McInnes that he had yesterday, Aberdeen were made aware of what was going to happen, and Aldeen have used this time to already start narrowing down candidates. So I don't think it will be long. It certainly will not be five weeks before I would appoint a manager. So I think we will have a new manager in place well before New Year. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's... Possibly, possibly. I would say obviously before a
1: Hearts fixture at New Year. Maybe even before our Park head fixture on the 23rd. But uh, I'm mm. not sure about the Hibs fixture, which is the week
0: uh, before that. I think you'll appoint a manager fixings. next couple of weeks or so. Because, you just have gonna point, um, I don't see Michael O'Neill happening, if I'm being honest, I don't see that one happen. I think, you you well, a point, someone like... I think the two favourites will be Jack Ross and um, Tommy Wright. That's what I think the two are. I think Allardy fans are willing to accept that uh, at least
1: until the end of January, coming into maybe February, March time, that a new manager will have to have time to bed in some of these new players should he bring in in January mm. but obviously they, they, we're still going to expect that we're going to be in and around that top four Yeah, for that time because we still have a squad that can be in that position so it's a case of galvanising the squad again and bringing in players
0: mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm actually quite looking forward to seeing how we get yeah I'm I'm just absolutely like before we move on to well, talk about I've there? not
1: had this in four and a half years so
0: the excitement I don't like this is the first time I've ever experienced getting in a new manager I just hope it's a manager that I actually want uh, because if it's a manager that I'm, I'm not behind then it's going to be the first time that's happened in four and a half years I mate mean, it's a very exciting process when me when Walburton left I was feeling a bit excited and then we get senior, and from day one I was so sceptical I never once came out and said Pedro's the man I was like why are we appointing this guy and I've seen some Rangers fans getting excited about it I'm like and but I'm um, I've as as you know right. Even going back to high school, I've wanted them um, to for the last three years. Like the the guy, you said it before. The guy is the best Scottish manager in Scottish football, hands down. And I think this is the absolute right appointment in mckinnis I firmly believe it. I think this guy will stop Celtic's ten in a row. I believe it. and then next, I would say in the next year or two. Rangers won. league, I'm going out
1: and saying that.
0: I still, I still believe Celtic are going to achieve it. I'm being pessimistic, and I think they're all going to achieve it. See, because Celtic, you know, sorry, see, because Rangers, no, no Rangers. See, because McInnes knows Scottish football inside out. We're going. We'll be able to get players like Louis Mole and like other like Jamie Walker. And for some reason, Pedro didn't go for those kind of guys when we should have. And Michael Hallan, I think, will be. Back in the back in Rangers squad now, which is great, as he should be. And McInnes, I think we'll see his true talent and give him a, a good run in the team. So yeah, I'm really excited and optimistic about David McInnes. He won't be in charge of Saturdays too soon. It'll be Graham Murray, and McInnes's first game in charge will be against, Hibs. Can you imagine just me bumming up Derek McInnes like this, and then next thing over it? we finish the podcast, then boom, McInnes is not going to Rangers. Imagine. I was, I was, I was actually thinking this. What if he does say no? I mean, I'm still saying in my mind that his position is still untenable. I wasn't. so. I'm gonna look like an I, absolute I, right idiot because I don't know if you've seen right. See my Twitter feed over the last week or so. It's just been McInnes, McInnes, McInnes non-stop because I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm I think it would be,
1: it would be a massive, massive egg on the face of not even
0: just individual Rangers fans, but Rangers Twitter as a whole. No, I would, <laughs> I will be devastated if that happened. I'll be devastated, because, <laughs> no, it would be, it would be something, I'd like, what? But, yeah, it, I'm very, if very Stuart, excited. I, I still believe, Stuart, if Stuart Mill manages to somehow convince McInnes that uh, you're pre- 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 the future still away at
1: Aberdeen, I still think the fans wouldn't be, the fans would still be against that, so,
0: yeah, see, if, see, it, see, no, if Stuart Mill, see it not happening. if Stuart Mill manages to convince McInnes to stay, that is a complete miracle. That is a, absolute miracle if he manages that but I don't see it way hadn't. that I could see
1: the, I could see the very naive Allardyne fans who didn't realise this was all orchestrated if he was to say no you'd probably see some of the Allarding fans coming around saying oh he did say no but then the other Allarding fans would say i but he was still interested in the first place and he didn't say anything
0: and even if he does say no as you said and. Like, his position is untenable at this point, man. It is.
1: Well,
0: he could screw us all over and end up at the, the SFA's doors in New Scotland. Well, I can so imagine that. <laughs> that. What a screw job that would be. But I I think Dan McInnes is to Aberdeen as, as far as he can go, honestly. He's finished in European places. He's, he's Do won I a believe cup.
1: this is the end? Do I believe this is the end as far as we can go?
0: No, but de- no, I actually, no. Dean has took Aberdeen as far as he could go. Yeah, I think he has.
1: I do think that a new manager with new ideas could still take us further. Because I don't think Aberdeen's is done. I think the squad is still strong. I still think we've got a lot to do as a club, which can be done, as I said before.
0: That if we get these new facilities and we get our new stadium, our as a club can still go places and we've still got a lot of places to go. I said in so, uh, some of well, some of the I think it was one of the old episodes of the podcast when Stephen when Derek McInnes got approached by someone. I said to you, I see Derek McInnes, um, I was saying, Well see if he takes this job, I think. I was basically saying he should take it, because he was he would be running the risk of overstaying his welcome. So if Derek McInnes um, somehow uh, magically uh, ends up staying at Aberdeen, he'll be running the risk of overstaying his welcome, and he could potentially get the sack from from Aberdeen, and then that's his reputation. If he said no, Done. If he said no again, I
1: don't think you need to worry about him getting sacked.
0: <laughs> no, but if just say no. I'm saying like I be just elevated to untouchable status. But just say Aberdeen go in a horrible, horrible run of form, right? Just say a horrible run of form, and they they would ha- be left with no choice. If Aberdeen just say I don't know, like twelve games without a win or whatever, right, and you are just falling out the the fight for the top three, it's like Aberdeen will need to act. So yeah, McKinnis, I think he's took Aberdeen as far as he can go. Now is the right time for him to leave. Uh, it, it I absolutely it is, is it? and it's a I step up. Let's be honest, mate. It's a step up for him. In closing,
1: statements, In closing statement, I think that after the initial disappointment, I think our new fans will realise this is not the end and I think a new manager with new ideas will take us forward if it is a good appointment so there's potentially still a decent few seasons ahead where we're going to possibly get our new facilities get our new stadium and then we'll see where that leaves the club
0: yeah then we'll just need to wait and see so anything else we need to add? no yeah we discussed that thoroughly so uh, do you want to get the pictures up? Uh, no worries a Gonna check what's been happening, see if there's any latest updates on the Dead McKinnis situation. It's
1: so obviously we kick off on Friday night with Dundee against Aberdeen.
0: Uh hold on, let me just double check, see if there's any updates. Uh nah, there's nothing yet. So sorry, uh Dundee versus Aberdeen, uh at Dens. Dens yeah. Um yeah Honestly, two ones out of uh, uh, two for Dundee they starting to pick up a little bit of form, Aberdeen right now, I think, oh I forgot to say this earlier on, they've only won, a, I think it's one game out of the last five, not in a good run of form at all for the Dons, and obviously Dent McInnes is going to be, the next Rangers manager, and Paul Sheeran will be in charge, I feel as though, the the, the morale of the squad will be on a low, and they're not. they won't be in the best of places, so I think tomorrow, Aberdeen will get beat, 1-0 off Dundee.
1: Uh, I think i would going to prove everyone wrong and uh, play for people that they have played under before so I don't think they'll be on your tactics and I'll go 1-2-1. Hamilton plays St. Johnson at their home.
0: Hamilton St. Johnson um, yeah. obviously Hamilton flying right now five games unbeaten um, and St. Johnson They're really hot and cold right now. I think Hamilton will continue their good vein of form and they will win 2-0. I think Hamilton are going to win 1-0. (laughs) Hearts. A lifeless Hearts team
1: host Motherwell.
0: Motherwell. Um, I think uh, Motherwell will be fired up after the result last week against Celtic. They'll be wanting to make a statement so I'm going to say it will be a so who won will win I think
1: Motherwell
0: are going to breeze it and think they're going to win 2-0 one uh, Coast party Thistle Kelly Thistle um, Kelly's still yet to win at home Thistle they were they showed signs of uh, quality against Hibs but I'm going to go for a I don't know I'm going to go a 0-0 surely because it's at Rugby Park I think Partick
1: Thistle going to win I think
0: mean, it's going to be 1-0 Thistle. Uh, and then Rangers v. County. Rangers v. County. Um, Graham Murphy, I think, will be in charge for that one. Um, I think Rangers will continue this uh, good vein of form, And I think it will be a, a 3-0 Rangers win. Uh, I think Rangers are going to win 2-0.
1: Uh, and the main event the weekend, that Hibs hosts Celtic on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that game by the way. That is gonna be a cracker. I think
1: Hibbs might, might do
0: something. Honestly, see if Hibbs do it That will that will be something. Hibbs will be up for this one. They will be they'll be fired up. Neil Lennon will get his players going. And I think it's not gonna be an easy task for Celtic at all. I I want to go out on a limb. But I'm gonna go for a one each, I think it'll be one each. I think I don't think Celtic will be great. I think Hibs will put in a shift. They're putting a real good shift in, but it won't be enough to end Celtic's so unbeaten run. Uh, for the, se- time, the
1: second
0: time, the second in two weeks, go with a team to end Celtic's run, oh. and I think that Hibs are going to win two one. Yeah, by the way, you were close last week when you said that for Park. So you were one nil. I think you said one 0 I don't know if I went for 1-0 You 2 You went. I think you went 1-0. I'm positive you did. Well, I'm going for Hibs. Hibs have got uh, something to prove against Bill we've been so close last time and it's been at Easter Road, so... Yeah, uh, it's going to be a cracker um, this weekend. Uh, so lots of good games and... Yeah, so this but Sunday, uh, that, up that'll up will up be up the up main up. event, Hibs Celtic. And, yep. yeah, so anything else that we need to discuss? Yeah, no. I think have it Aye, so it's been a, a good episode of the Scots Go and uh, until next time guys, we will see you soon.